You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome to Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and on 1629 SENSA. You'll hear Sports Day each weeknight from 6pm. And this is the summer edition with myself, Paul Bonza, and with me tonight, the king of swing, Redback legend, Chad Sayers. Chaddy, welcome. Bonds, good to be back. Good to be with you, great man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been a, a big weekend of sport and you've had a really big weekend and we'll get into that a little bit later on the show tonight. We're going to talk about uh, the Test Series. It's all over. Test cricket's done for the year. You've got uh, your Kia Top 7, which is basically highlights of the Test test Summer, which I'm looking forward to that. And um, we've got a huge guest tonight. We do, don't we? One of the superstars of the Big Bash. Chris Lynn from the Adelaide Strikers will be joining us, so stick around for that. Now, we are keeping the chairs warm, of course, for Wilds and Blighty, who will be back in March. So uh, we do our best to uh, keep the chairs nice and warm for them. Pretty big shoes, if we aren't they? But we're doing our best. We, we will do our best, my friend, and you can be part of the show as well. You can give us a call on 1300 736 736 or text in on 0427 154 All right. Time for our hot topic. Let's get into it. DJ Sam playing some nice tunes off the top there. (laughs) (laughs) David Warner was awarded player of the series. Chad, your thoughts initially. He's always caught up in a bit of controversy, isn't he? Uh, The big bull, David Warner. But I don't think that was the right call. He obviously made that great 200 on Boxing Day where it was yes. hot and he was obviously a bit of cramp and exhaustion and, and he kept going. But he made 213 runs for the series, 201 innings. I want to see, see how that's a play of the series. Yes, he got married of the match, which was correct. Yes. But there was a few more worthy players to receive that award. I feel a little bit... For Dave Warner here, because it's not his fault at all. Not at all. He's he's got nothing to do with this at all. Uh, got a lot of negative feedback on social media. I don't know if you read any of that, but some of it's just just ridiculous, and people need to pull their heads in a bit. But uh, as you mentioned, he had scores of zero, three, and ten, apart from the two hundred that he made in his hundredth test. Just a couple of others. Our our own Travis Head. Also made 213 runs at an average of 53.25, a strike rate of 100.94, which is, in test cricket, is unheard of. What's well, Yeah. The, everyone else in, in the test series, apart from Warner, Warner was at about 75, everyone else in the 50s. So that just shows you how well Travis Head was batting. Uh, and he made 92 in Brisbane on a pitch that uh, no one else got over 50. I think that innings alone was a standout, wasn't it? If he... If he gets out for a single-digit figure there, then Australia on the ropes in the first test against South Africa, and we know how good their bowling attack can be. So for him to go out and blast 92 when no one else could hit it off the square was unbelievable. So he also, through 
throughout the series, scored some valuable runs as well. And he went in in Sydney and just pretty much started hitting from ball one for the team. So uh, Yeah, he went in and they wanted quick runs and he provided it. Yeah, so. He's a better than a ball 70. I think it was off 59 balls. Yeah, and, that, and that's what we're talking about. Team first stuff. And I guess if you go on numbers alone, then you give it to Steve Smith, don't you? He, he made more runs than both of them. Got 100. So we're probably forgetting Pat Cummings as well. I think yeah. his captaincy and his, his bowling, he led, led them well with the ball. Um, 12, we saw, 12 wickets of 16. Yeah, we saw in Sydney on a flat wicket um, bouncing blokes out. So, um, yeah, probably not the, the right decision there to give it to David Warner. But as you said, he, he can't change it. This is the hot topic for Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. It was, yeah, again, I obvious, like to everyone in the cricket world, it seems just a poor decision. However, this was a voting system. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing these votes, Bonds, because as we just said, he's probably getting votes in one game, isn't he? So yes. Travis Head probably maybe two, and Steve Smith maybe two as well. So yeah, I'm not sure how, how he does. I would like to see the votes and who voted. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the, the test match itself. It finished in a draw, mainly due to the bad weather. And Australia made four for 475, declared. Usman Khawaja, 195, not out. Smith, 104, head 70. Norkia, uh, two for 55 for South Africa. And then they made 255 South Africa in their first innings. Good work from the tail. Maharaj and Harma. Maharaj, 53, top scored. Harma, 47. Um, Josh Hazelwood in his first game back. Um, you would have liked watching him bowl. Yeah, always want him in the side. And I got shut down a little bit um, on Twitter when he was in, in line to play, uh, come back in the Boxing Day test. And I said he probably should play in front of Scotty Boland. Yep. Shut down a little bit. But he showed his worth and how good he's been. He's number one test bowler in the world for a reason, really. So... How can you not pick him in your side? And he showed that in the Sydney test. Four for 48, Cummins three for 60, and Nathan Lyon two for 88 in the first innings. South Africa were two uh, two down when they drew stumps and it was a draw. What about the rain, Chad? What do they do about the rain in Sydney? Always comes, doesn't and it? And the bad light. Test match. I feel sorry for the Glenn McGrath Foundation on, on their pink test oh, day. It just tragedy. belted down and they didn't get a ball bowled, did they? So it just seems to happen and... Sydney Test every year, there's at least a day loss with rain. But Should the Sydney Test have a reserve day? So not not a six-day test, uh, not a rest day. So the day is there if needed. So, for example, we lost a full day's play. Like, is it going to matter to the teams if we ha- add an extra day as a, just well, in case? Yeah, I don't mind that. You can bring that into just any game, can't you? If you do lose a day of, of cricket somewhere along the, the series, and why not? You, you want to see a game finish. You don't want to see draws. Well, it's for the fans. Fans paid their money. Like, they had 20,000 people there on a day that got washed out. Yeah, Didn't I'm see sure, one ball. I'm sure the administrators in, in Cricket Australia would love to see that rule as well because they're the ones that are ultimately losing all the money, aren't they? All right, so we've solved that problem. We've got another problem after this. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Day SA, the summer edition on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Outside. Paul Bonza and the King of Swing, Chad Sayers, with you tonight. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Chad, I want to ask you about the catches. There were three catches in this test match that were close to the ground, um, given out by the umpire on field, given not out by the third umpire. 
Uh, what are your thoughts initially? Yeah, I think this is a rule that has to be revisited. Um, we saw some great catches taken in the slips. Steve Smith, Solomon Harmer. And every catch that goes to slow-mo just seems that some part of the ball is always touching the ground. And we know that's the rule, don't we? If, if, yep. the, if the ball does touch a blade of grass when you're in the motion of catching, it's out. So, it's not out, sorry. So especially when the, when the hard call has been given out and they reverse it, I think the Simon Harmer one and both Steve Smith and Simon Harmer. I, you, I think all three catches are out. I think all three catches are out. Let's have a listen to Australian captain Pat Cummins and what he had to say on the issue. You know, I kind of feel for the umpires a little bit in that situation. Um, yeah, I don't really know the answers, but yeah, there, there has to be a way to try and improve it somehow. Um, I think as it currently stands, it's really hard to give a batter out. You know, if there's any kind of benefit of it out, it goes the batter's way. Um, I think with, you know, a couple of camera angles really slowed down, it's pretty hard to not find out somewhere. So, you know, I do feel for cats a little bit up there, but... Um, yeah, I don't know the answer, but, well, yeah, there must be, you know, uh, surely there yeah, can be some small changes we can make to try and um, get a bit more definitive answers on there. So Pat doesn't know the answer. Perhaps we can come up with an answer <laughs> right now. Do you think, so the, the rule officially is for people listening don't don't know the rule, if while you're completing the catch, the ball touches the turf, it is deemed not out. No matter how clean it goes into the hand, if your fingers are apart and part of the ball touches the grass, as we probably saw with Steve Smith's first catch, it's not out. And I think if you, if you play the game, you know if you've got your fingers under the ball and you can even see on the, t- the cameras that the fingers are under the ball bond. So that means you've caught that clean. It's not a half volley. Your fingers have to get spread and pushed back when you catch the ball. You can't catch it with your fingers closed. You're never catching. So... Um, yeah, it needs to be revisited, that's for sure, because it's costing, it can cost you a game of cricket, can't it, ultimately? It can. It can. Do you think that maybe the rule should be if it's clear to the third umpire that the ball bounces up into the hand? Not out, obviously, yeah. Yeah, so if it's close like that, that's that's not – they're looking at a two-dimensional image on a TV, not a three-dimensional image. And I think we talked about it before coming on show that – the umpires are really trying to find ways not to give them out instead of going, oh, he's bowled a good boy, taking a good catch. That's that's out. That's a hanger. So I'd like to see a bit more of a, I guess, in the favour of the bowler rather than the batter all the time. So the umpire gives it out on field. Should that umpire then go look at a TV just to, just to make sure? Or is that taking out too much time? Because that's what happens in soccer. So the umpire walks off the pitch and mm. looks at the screen and watches the video, then makes a decision. Potentially, that's going to prolong the game, isn't it? Um, we know how long test cricket is anyway, and we want the, the fans to keep coming back and pack out stadiums. So I think if the if the fielder says he's, he's definitely caught it, the umpire's given the hard call out. Why isn't that out? Yeah, it was a bit puzzling. And, and you that, can see how frustrated the... Uh, the Australians and, were, and the South Africans, when Harmer took that catch. And then if a batsman's walking off, they go to the replay, and it's an absolute howler, and he's he's going to look like a clown for one, and then you can call the batsman back anyway. One more thing. Has TV reviews improved the game of cricket overall? I think it has, apart from that point. Um, <laughs> obviously, no balls. Um, we know how hard it is for umpire to see the 
bowlers front foot at some time. So I think that's Agreed. definite. Run outs hundred percent. Um that's really so the, still needs some still needs some tweaking, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think a couple of rules need to be sharpened up as well with I think that Nessa catch in the big bash I didn't like. But um yeah, that needs to change too, but that's a whole nother topic. Exactly. You can stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com even. Coming up on the show, Chad, we're going to have your Kia Top 7, and I'm going to ask you about what you did on the weekend as well. Pretty interesting stuff here in Adelaide. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Here with Paul Bonza and Redback legend Chad Sayers. And now, Chad, it's time for the Kia Top 7. The Kia Top 7 is um, brought to us by Kia, of course. The Kia Sorento, a large SUV. And now this is your top seven test match moments. <laughs> CJ Sam's getting a bit uh, keen out there. Right away, out there, Sammy boy. <laughs> so uh, number seven, what do you got for us? I've got a homegrown local, Alex Carey. Um, I thought across both of the series against the West Indies and South Africa, he, he consolidated his place in the, in the side bonds. He, he kept outstandingly well. We saw him up to the stumps against the West Indies and Michael Nessa taking two great catches. One of them a little bit lucky, but uh, no, his glove work was sensational and it was great to see him get his debut 100 in the Boxing Day test as well. It was fantastic, wasn't it? And there is a stat that I love is that ever since he <laughs> fell in the pool in Pakistan, he's averaging 80 with the bat. That's out, outstanding work. There has to be something in that water, hasn't there? Well, maybe there is. If he starts to get out of form again, he has to go back there and what? just jump in. <laughs> yeah. it. Number six. Number six. Nathan Lyon getting his uh, 450th test wicket against the West Indies. Great achievement. We all know his story. Came over and apprentice groundsman at, at Park 25, just down the road from our studio here, Bonds, and, and now he's... Best off-spin bowler ever ever to have played. Yeah, great work. Uh, number five for us. Uh, we've talked about him a lot tonight already, but David the Bull Warner, 200 in his 100th test. Outstanding career to date. We don't know what his career is going to play out like uh, over the next month or years. So, um, no, great to do that and we know. Does he how- go to, He goes to England, doesn't he? Oh, I think India and England, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if he was going to retire, he would have done it in the yep. Sydney test. All right, number four. Uh, the double centurions, Steve Smith and, and Marnus. Um, and Marnus to get 200 and 100 in the same games, outstanding. But we probably should put Usman Kawaja in that as well, 195 not out. Um, still a great innings, but not quite there. He had his chance yeah. probably to accelerate in the... Uh, well, rain cost him again. It yes, was rain. but we saw Trevor's head in the same day go out yeah. and... No, no, you're right. All right, number three. This is a great one, actually. Aussie tribute to, to Rod Marsh after winning in Adelaide. Um, we know the the tribute they put out in the, in the members area for him, and um, and that was one of his wishes that the, the Aussies would go out there and sing the song after a test win. So it was moving. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was a touch uh, movie, to it? go out and sing sing under the Southern Cross in the rain. In the rain, next to the tribute of of. Um, of Bacchus at the Adelaide Oval. That was a great, a great moment of the summer. Uh, number two. 
another homegrown and, and one of our favourites, Travis okay. Travis Heads, 92 at the Gabba. We've already talked about it, but yes. he went in and um, not many people had scored runs really. So um, for him to go out and play the freewheeling way he does, um, take to the South African attack. We all know how good the attack is, how fast they can bowl. And to get 92 off pretty much a run a ball in that test just set Australia out for the series. And, yeah, it, it got exactly right. It got Australia off on a winning start. It won the test match for them. Uh, Pat Cummins by well in that game as well. Uh, captain pretty well. The number one in your Kia top seven? It's the Australian cricket team. Just to show their dominance again, Bonds over uh, well, South Africa were the second-ranked uh, side yes. coming into this series. And, and we know West Indies weren't great. But just to show their dominance and and – Probably have won the respect back for the Australian public again, which is which is great. And Paddy Cummins is leading the way there. His captaincy and his performance on the field has been brilliant. I think the the Aussie public has got the love back for the Aussie team. Yeah, because there was a lot of hatred there ever since going back to South Africa a few years ago. Hundred percent, and even the crowds um, yes. that have come out to watch. And we know Adelaide how good the Test match is here. Yep. Melbourne always packed out. Sydney was great as well. So, um, nah, the Australian public are back. All right, great top seven. Thanks to Kia. You're listening to Sports Day SA, the summer edition on Cruise 1323 and SEN SA. Now, Chad, um, this is as we're playing on, we're on Cruise now, and obviously it's a music station. Uh, what is your favourite music? What do you like? I've always liked a bit of the, the Whispering Jack, Johnny Farnham. Oh, well, I'm sure DJ sing-along. Sam's got some queued up for us. I hope he does. Hey, <laughs> not that Johnny Farnham. A bit before your time. Let's get the sing-along Johnny Farnham going. All right, let's go. Here yeah, we go. Better. You're lucky you didn't get me singing there, Bonds. I was hoping. I was just going to ask you. You've got to go again? We can... No, we, all right. Already Maybe not. That, <laughs> already did that in the, on the Big Bash, <laughs> me and Fitzy. <laughs> I did hear that too. It's hilarious. Now, I want to talk to you about the weekend. On the, we, we mentioned this on the uh, show last week uh, with men's. Um, the APL, the Adelaide Premier League Cricket, it was a 100 competition that you were involved with over the, the weekend. How was that? Yeah, it was great. It's a great initiative from um, the owners of the, f- the franchises. And it's great that the Sacker have got behind it and have backed it in. Um, as you said, it's a 100-ball comp, so that's a different format uh, yes. for players to play in, different challenges, different tactics. So, um, And players, you play with different players as well. It was a, uh, an auction system to um, pick your sides. So, okay. Um, yeah. And, and you, me, co- you coach one of the sides? Yeah, I coach the Peninsula Pirates, um, owned by one of our favourites in the SA cricket, uh, yeah. Darren Lehman. So... Right. Uh, no, nah, great initiative, great format, and great time. So that'll continue for a few years, do you think? Yeah, or, I think so. I think yeah. they're trying to – it's in Brisbane already, and they're trying to get it to different states as well. So looking forward to next next year's. Oh, that's it. That's great. The Adelaide Premier League cricket. Keep a lookout for that. I'm sure it's going to go into Melbourne and Sydney. And, yeah, so Brisbane and Adelaide at the moment. And that's, that's great. And you didn't actually win the thing, did you? Uh, we, we lost in the last over on, on a number of occasions and yeah. got done quite easy in the semi. All right. Now, if you're on 1629 SENSA, you are off to the Big Bash. And uh, we believe the Hurricanes have won the bat flip and they'll bat first against the Stars. If you're on Cruise uh, 1323, we'll have a chat with the great man, Lynn Sanity. Chris Lynn is joining us from the Strikers. So text in to see uh, if you've got a question for Linny, text in 0427 154 166. And... 
the great man Chris Lynn will be with us very, very shortly. And I made a mistake there. Hurricanes are bowling against the Stars. So Stars will bat first. This is Sports Day SA, the summer edition. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to Sports Day SA, the summer edition with Paul Bonza and the King of Swing. Chad Sayers with us tonight, and we are warming the chairs for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be back come footy season. Um, Chad, we've got a couple of texts. We mentioned that you can be part of the show. You can text in on 0427 154 166. Mario from Maslin's Beach has texted in and he's saying that you should be the man that rings the bell on one of the days of the test match next year. I'm all for that. I'm all for it too. Let's Great it. idea. Let's get it done, Bonds. I, I think we'll just keep talking to people until we've it said, happens. We've said stuff on this show before and it's happened, hasn't it? So Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got a, a question for... Chris Lynn, who we're about to speak to as well. And, uh, yes, we might we might ask him a couple of questions as well. And that is our next guest. Thanks to Tyre Power's big holiday sale, now on 25% off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. That trumpet can only mean one thing. Chris Lynn is on the line. Lenny, welcome to Sports ASA. I appreciate the uh, warm intro there, boys. I love that trumpet. It normally means a good good thing walking out to bat. But, um, yeah, look, it's been great fun. To be honest, I'd actually uh, hate to be that guy. He was up on the roof to begin with. Yes, um, we saw that first game. Did you you request that, Lenny, when you signed on? or? Uh, not so much the live performance, but the song, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, w- before we get on to you personally, an amazing result last Thursday, chasing down 229 of the Hurricanes. Have you ever been involved across your T20 uh, career with a chase like that? No, definitely not. I mean, I've, I've played in some games, you know, in the IPL where the boundaries are smaller and, and there's a lot of juice, so it's easier to score runs. But that game the other night was just phenomenal and, uh, yeah, look, we were under the pump and every time I kept looking up at the scoreboard after we'd have a big over with the bat, I still saw we chasing 15s or 16s. So they kept coming at us, but um, hats off to, to the first game skipper, Matt Short. Uh, he was unbelievable. And, you know, I was giving it to him without, I was like, how many times are you going to win the toss and send the opposition in? Uh, and, you know, 2.30 on the board. But, um, yeah, that's the game of cricket. And, and then we needed that as well. We, we lost four in a row and we just needed that break to get that momentum back. And that's what certainly what we did. And hopefully we can continue that tomorrow night. What was the chat uh, in between innings, Lenny? As you said, you were staring down five losses in a row and chasing 2.30. We know it can go one way or the other. Was there any tactics involved? Uh, it was just all about taking a step back and being really clear with what you wanted to do. At the end of the day, the pitch is the same length, the ball's the same, the inner ring, the power play's the same. So, you know, if they can do it, why can't we? So we broke it down into sections and basically it, we broke it all the way down to, I know it's cliche, but ball by ball, um, batting with Shorty out there, it was, you know, one ball at a time, you know, reset, don't get too far ahead of the game or don't premeditate anything because we knew their bowling lineup wasn't at its best. So we had opportunities to really, you know, counter that. And um, yeah, when, when you get close, I was really impressed with, um, you know, there's been so many you know, games where there's a big partnership and then, you know, wicket, wicket, wicket. I was so impressed with the guys, how they just held their nerve right through the 20 overs. 
And and I guess when you're planning, do you, do you look at uh, as you said, the, the Hurricanes bowlers were probably not at their strength. Um, do you look at bowlers you can target and and what part of the game you can do it in? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, you want to try and target that power play. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so I think we were kind of on par with them. But at, we've been really good throughout the middle this year, which is um, you know normally a weakness for teams when the spin comes on. But we've been really strong through those overs. Um, and then we actually didn't take a step backwards over before the drinks break, which many teams do. So we, I think Shorty himself, we got about maybe 15 off that over as well. So um, that set us up for a great power surge, you know, leading up and not losing any momentum. You know, when you're chasing that 230, if you lose an over there, that, that's, that's pretty crucial. So we just grabbed momentum and hung on to it. And as I said, we, we didn't um, miss out on any opportunities. We targeted like all their bowls, which I suppose you have to with such a big score. But as I said, that clarity when we're out in the middle was the best I've ever been involved in. You mentioned Matt Short and his stunning performance the other night, getting 100 off uh, the final ball to win. Your thoughts on Matt Short's improvement as a T20 player? Oh, look, I've, I've known him for years and I've, we've seen the talent, but we've seen him glimpses uh, playing against him last year. He, you know, he raced to 30 or 40 every game and that was it. Um, but having that, the opportunity to bat with him and seeing him go on and make big match-winning um, scores has just been, you know, to another level. Not only that, I think he's not a part-time bowler. I believe he can bowl his four overs every game. He's a jet in the field. So, you know, he, he'll be a wanted man around the world, you know, very shortly, well, right now. To be, so, just seeing him, um, I suppose, mature out in the middle. Not that I've batted with him before, but I suppose he's changed those innings from from starts. They all, you know, they look pretty, but they don't win your games of cricket, whereas the 75-plus scores do. So, um, you know, to hopefully I'll play the hand in, in helping him do that. But um, at the end of the day, it's down to his execution. and He's absolutely nailing it at the moment. And do you think it's got to do with a bit of clarity as well? We've seen in previous years he's been up and down the order, but now he's he's cemented his spot up the top and, and he's got a bit of clarity about that? Yeah, definitely. That always helps. Um, and to his credit, he hasn't batted with the same partner you know, every game this year. So you've got to change, not change your role, but you, you know, when you've got a guy in the other end when it's always changing, it is a little bit different. But um, that's one thing that we have done at the strike is is... Um, know your role, then now your role. Um, you know, and that's we talk about that clarity, as you said, and that's something that we're doing. Um, you know, it, it hasn't gone to plan uh, with the ball the last couple of games. Um, so hopefully we can turn that around tomorrow night. But saying that, like our performance the other night, we're happy to chase whatever. Or if we're setting, um, you know, we're still going to throw the first punch if we do. You know, go out to bat first and and believe we have the skill set to to defend whatever total is necessary. We've done it in the past, so we've won games with the bat and with the ball. So we're in a good place at the moment. Uh, we've got some really good flexibility. Uh, obviously, Rashid Khan's not there tomorrow night, so I'd imagine when Boyce or, or Ben Menenti will, will slot in there. And um, Yeah, look, they're, they're two, you know, obviously, class players as well. And, and your form, mate, you showed glimpses early of, of how good you can be, but the last couple of games, you've really lit up the stadiums that you've played at. Um, how are you finding Adelaide Oval and, and what's the difference between here and the Gabba? Uh, mate, they're actually my two favourite grounds. Uh, obviously, I was, I was biased to the Gabba for a long time, uh, but Adelaide's always been second favourite. There's no doubt about that. I love coming down here. 
short play boundaries, which always you know get a get a look at every time the ball is running in. But um, yeah, personally, um, you know, I played a lot of support roles with Shorty early, early doors in the tournament, and I probably just carried that support role one or, one or two games too long, and now I found my groove, and I can just go out there and, and play the the way I normally play, and that's aggressive, taking the game on and, and trying to put the bowlers, you know, make them go to plan B. So. Um, yeah, feel in a really good space at the moment. Feel like I'm helping out um, Sid and Shorty, you know, with the guys. And um, yeah, I'm hoping for for another big crowd tomorrow night at Adelaide. We're chatting with striker Chris Lynn. Now, Linny, we've got a couple of texts in from Mario from Maslin's Beach. He wants to know two things. Firstly, is uh, your bat heavier now than what it was when you first started playing first class cricket? And the second one is, do you use the same oil on your head as on your bat? <laughs> Funny man, Mario. <laughs> um, no, so in terms of bat weight, I actually got. I'm, I'm going lighter. I'm getting older, mate. I don't spend as much time in the gym as you used to, but yeah, definitely lighter. Um, you know, I'm not 23 anymore. I'm 32, so uh, I need to get that bat speed in. But all the all the wood, it, you know, it's quality, and they, it's still quite big. They can make them quite big still, um, even with the rules and regs that they brought in a couple of years ago. So. Two pound ten for me, um, yeah, nice and light, and uh, yeah, get that velocity and bat speed nice and high. Mate, I've seen pictures on your Instagram. You still look in pretty good shape, mate. So uh, get heavier. <laughs> it's, it's called a filter. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you put uh, down to the bowlers in the last few games? Uh, as you said earlier, as well, they've been pretty pretty poor. And Peter Siddle out doesn't help that either. And where's he at? Yeah, I suppose because we had so much success in, at the front of the season, the first three games, and then obviously you bowl the team after 15, there's, um, you know, there's always going to be a big difference between the two extremities. But um, I suppose we've just become a little bit predictable, um, obviously with our bowling structure and, and what deliveries with our field. So um, we're just going to have to be a little bit smarter, a little bit more proactive. Um, but the guys have been, you know, they've been training the house down. They've been working hard and preparing well. Um, knowing that once you've done all that preparation, you can just you don't have to think out in the field. You can just go to go to your plans and get into your work. But um, I've got full confidence the boys can bounce back tomorrow night. There's no issues there, um, and it's all about my job as a leader is all about keeping the boys up, keeping and believing. As I said, it's um, you know you can get your best ball can can go for six one day, and your worst ball can get wickets. So that that happens in the nature of T20. Hopefully, it falls in our favour tomorrow night. Played a lot of T20 around the world. Um, do you prefer to bat first or bowl first, or does it pen, depend on the makeup of the team? Um, well, from a personal point of view, it just depends on the conditions. You know, if you're playing in uh, in Australia, I like batting first, uh, just simply because you know you get to bat in pretty much daytime, uh, which makes it much easier to see the ball and pick which way the spinners are spinning it. If you go over somewhere like the IPL or the Caribbean, where you do start ladder at night and a lot of dew falls, it's better to bat second. Uh, just because the ball doesn't spin, the ball bowlers find it harder to grip the ball, and the ball just skids nicely under the bat. So you weigh up the conditions first and foremost. But for our team um, right now, I'm happy batting first or second. Uh, we don't have a preference. We we just go what what the gut feel of the skipper is, and we just back that. And Rashid Khan obviously he's left the Adelaide yeah. Linny. Um, how'd you find him around the group, uh, being here for the first time, and? Do you think yep. uh, other sides are starting to work him out? He he probably wasn't as effective as he as he used to be. Yeah, well, teams known that he was only going to play seven or eight games. You know, they, they can just sit on him. Uh, you know, one way, um, I suppose, 
probably what we just spoke about with batting or bowling first. The way it worked out is they didn't have to you know apply any pressure back onto onto Rash. Um, you know those those last you know last half <coughs> excuse me last half of the games that he played, they could just sit on him, work the ball around, and attack the guys at the other end. But if we do, if we happen to manage uh, a big score batting first, uh, then the batters have no option, and that's when he's most dangerous when you know blokes are coming at him. So they, the, to their credit, the guys in Australia did play him very well. But um, yeah, look, he's he's still you know still a beast. If he's not taking wickets, it's dot balls. So um, he's absolute value for the strikers, and and hopefully we can get him back next year. A couple of handy players coming into the lineup very soon. Not sure if they're going to play tomorrow night. Maybe you can let us know. But uh, Alex Carey and Travis Head. Uh, back into the strikers lineup. Yeah, well, they're obviously, I'm actually not sure if they're playing tomorrow night or not. But um, to have those two additions, you know, in the lineup, yes, they've had a big summer, but it's fresh energy, and and the boys, I know for a fact, the boys absolutely love hammering around. And um, you know, they also bring a couple of left-handers into the lineup as well, which is what we need for the strikers. Um, so they're going to be absolute dynamite for us, and um, I don't know that have the experience around. You know, if we do get posted a big total, or you know, have to score plenty. So um, yeah, we've seen what they've done over the summer, and, and Alex Kerr is just going from strength to strength uh, with the gloves and with the bat in hand. And, and Hetty, oh my God, like he's playing. He doesn't have to change his game from Test cricket to T20. He's absolutely flying. And uh, tomorrow night, Linny, another massive game for for your mob. Um, just to keep in contact with the top four, uh, the Renegades are going pretty well. Um, who do you see their their threats are? Yeah, well, their two threats have just left in Majib and Akil Hussain. They've been absolute, um, you know, they've been elite for those for the Renegades. So for us, uh, I'm not sure what they'll, um, you know, throw out at us with in terms of their spinners. It could be Farwood Ahmed who played at the Strikers last year. Um, I, I do believe they've signed up a bloke from England, Matthew Critchley. So I'm not sure if he's off the plane yet, but. Um, yeah, look, they're a team that are vulnerable as well and we can get at. So uh, without putting too much pressure on our batters and bowlers, I think if we if everyone, everyone matches up quite well against them. So touch wood, we can get the job done. And as you said, we can get back into that top four where we belong and um, get the ball rolling. We've only got three games left, so I want to try and maximise the opportunity. Obviously with runs, but more importantly, um, wins with the strikers. I was just about to ask you about that. Three games left for the strikers and you head off to... The UAE. Um, who do you play for over there, and what's the competition like? Uh, so it's the first year of the competition, the ILT20 International T20 League, and it's basically uh, it's owned by a lot of the IPL franchises, uh, with the Mumbai Indians, you know, Kolkata Knight Riders, the Delhi Capitals. So I'm playing with the Gulf Giants, who's owned by the Adani uh, Mining Group. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a new tournament. And, you know, James Vince is my skipper, so he's just left last night after he played the the derby. Um, so he's just touched down in, in Dubai. So I'll be looking forward to linking up with him and, and former teammate at the Brisbane Heat, Tom Banton as well. So um, who else? Chris Jordan from the Sixers is also in that lineup. So looking forward to getting over there, but I'm going to dearly miss Adelaide and I'll be heavily invested in, in watching every game. That's for sure. You're taking the trumpet with you in the carry on. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I don't think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> I might take it, um, get a pre-record of him and take it over there and see what they've got. But um, yeah, I'm going to need everything I can get because it's. I played a bit of cricket. I don't normally go tournament to tournament, so I'll, uh, I'll need a bit of a pump up. Now, Lenny, I did see on your socials that um, there might maybe a greyhound called Lynn Sanity. If this is the case, yep. <laughs> is this yours? 
And where was the text when it won? <laughs> no, so it was actually a, a trotter. So I made him, well, a bloke approached me a couple of years ago when I was absolutely flying in the Big Bash and offered me 30% in the trotter Linsanity. Um, and he's now working in in uh, the state. So um, we sold it and, and, and moved on. But um, it's I actually didn't get on it because I was playing yeah. the game, but my dad black booked it and he got it at 34 bucks. So he had an absolute nice. field day. The other night when we won, obviously you rec- uh, BBL record. My my brother had his um, first child, and then Linsanity got up. So, oh man, it was absolutely stoked. <laughs> what a night! Do you feel the BBL has had a bit of a resurgence this season? Like there seems to be more crowd, more talk about it. Uh, there's been a few things happen on the field, and it's all the topic the next morning. Do you feel there's a bit of a, a resurgence of the BBL? Uh, personally, I think it's just because COVID's a thing of the past now, and, and you know, a lot of businesses, a lot of families were, um, you know, upset by that. And, you know, to, to get back on your feet, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. So I just think the people, you know, the Australian public especially wanted to get out and enjoy, you know, all, you know what was in front of them. That's the Big Bash, that's the, the footy, the AFL, uh, the Rugby League, all the codes, uh, the tennis. You know, we saw the Formula One, the crowd just go absolutely mental. So... Uh, I think everyone was just had you know that fear of missing out um, with everything back open and to 100% capacity as well. So I still believe if uh, if I'm being brutally honest, 14 games is too many. Um, you know we're only we're just over halfway through the tournament now, so I think we'll be able to get a true answer of that in about three weeks' time when finals comes around. Because you know the last couple of seasons, if we are honest again, people have been asking themselves when is footy season starting. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you need more. You you don't want the fans leaving you know leaving that way. You want them wanting more cricket, but less is more. If you know what I'm saying. Got one more text uh, before we let you go. Um, Linny is uh, from Tom at Seacliff. Just wants to know if you are going around again next season for the Strikers. Um, well, Barney signed a one-year deal, so uh, hopefully, hopefully, Diggs can tap me on the shoulder and we can have a chat um, at some point. But look, I'm open to it. I've absolutely loved my time in Adelaide, um, and as I said, I'll be looking to finish on a high. I've had my family down the whole time, and they've loved it. Um, the only thing I will ask is next time when I come down, it just help this weather out because that's one thing I do miss from Brisbane. It was quite, it was too cold for me um, when I first got here. Um, but the last few days have been absolutely, um, you know, phenomenal, being 30 plus degrees. Chris Lynn, our uh, DJ Sam has gone a bit over the top with the trumpet, nice and loud. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, good luck tomorrow night. Hope you can get a, a win against the Renegades and uh, your last two games for the Strikers. I know they're going to be good. Thanks, Lenny. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Good to hear your voice, Daddy. And yeah, Lenny. <laughs> That's Chris Lynn there from the Adelaide Strikers. He's a good bloke. Yeah, he's a good bloke, isn't he? And what a pickup for the Strikers. Late pickup too. So, as he said, three more games. Hopefully he can light the Adelaide Oval up again tomorrow night and, and get back here next season as well. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323. Time for some footy chat, Chatty. Back to training today, um, I reckon, Bonds. A lot of AFL teams. boys. Yeah, a lot of teams. And I think some sample boys uh, went back to training t- today as well. But the Adelaide Crows announced today that Fisher Mackesy is stepping away from footy. 
Uh, it's a little bit sad for the number six draftee. Um, let's have a listen to what Riley O'Brien had to say. I've known that he's sort of struggled with that a little bit over the last year or two in terms of um, finding that, that real passion to train at a high level and, and play. And then to hear pre-Christmas that he wasn't coming back, it was probably a little bit of a surprise for the group. And then this decision, probably not as surprising due to that. Uh, I knew we knew he was thinking about it pre-Christmas. In the end, he probably had passion for other things. So that's probably why he's made that decision. So I think, yeah, we definitely reflect on that as a group, but I think I'm really comfortable with where we're at in terms of our environment. It's Rolly O'Brien from the Crows about Fisher Mackesee. It's, it's a little sad, isn't it, when you see a kid with so much talent just lose a bit of motivation for the game? Yeah, especially so young as well. He's only new, really, to the Crows. So, um, yeah, to just find out that while you're in the system is a bit strange, isn't it, Bonds? But it is a, a sport where you've got to be fully invested in it. Otherwise, it, there is no point in being involved. So he obviously wasn't and thought it was a easier easier thing to do was to leave than rather uh, be in there when you're not happy. What about the pressure that comes on these young players in a world of social media? Do you think it's fair or it's just something that they have to deal with and the strong ones survive and the weak ones don't? I think at times it can be very harsh, can't it? I mean, a lot of people don't read it. A lot of people do read it. and um, But that's what you sign up for, isn't it? When you sign your contract, you know you're going to get criticised whether you're going well or not. So, um, unfortunately... His love for footy is gone, and um, as Rolly O'Brien says, he's, he's got passion for other things now. Former Adelaide Crow captain Mark Bickley had a chat about this too. I can only imagine what it would be like striving to be that professional athlete, or, you know, probably for four or five years as a teenager, you get there, and then three or four years in, you fall out of love with it. Yes, Adelaide be very disappointed that it hasn't turned out for Fisher because of the, the sort of high pick, but in... You know, real terms, how much has it hurt them? I'm not sure it's, it's going to be a real disaster for them because they've they've been able to sort of minimise that through some shrewd picking sort of late in the draft. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's so it's look. I guess it's probably the right decision for Fisher and his family and his future. And we're not privileged to know the ins and outs and what's no, been not going at on all. the previous years either. Bonds and I guess that's something for the Crows to work out if they had a part to play in that and if their organisation's doing the right things by their players, but I'm sure they are. And it's just one of those things where a player just fell out of love of footy. I saw him a lot last year calling the sample and there are some games he just looked like, okay, this you can see it. You can see how much potential this kid's got. And then other games you're wondering why isn't he touching the footy? Yeah. And that's another thing. If you're not always in the main side, you might feel like you're out of, out of the group. Uh, kind of thing. So um, when he's playing SNFL, he might not give it all 100%. He's, he, he's thinking of other things he could be doing or he, he obviously wants to be in the, in the main side. So all these factors have to play a part, that's for sure. Hottest ticket in town at the moment is a ticket to the Adelaide 36ers. They have had three sellout crowds in a row um, at uh, at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. And DJ Sam, take it away. Uh, thanks to Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get the job done, shop in store or online. And the Sixers had a big weekend. A big weekend. Friday night they had a win against the Hawks and then they come up yesterday against the New Zealand Breakers and lost on the buzzer, basically. Ian Clark had a shot to win the game and hit the rim and they lose by two. 
margin of centimetres, isn't it, Bonds? It is. Catches the other side of the ring and it's in. But, yeah, as you said, a great win against the Hawks. Um, but, yeah, just their consistency, isn't it? Sitting mid-table at the moment, they'd like to be a little bit higher and I'm sure they're playing good enough basketball to be higher. It's, it's starting to come together. You can see it. They've had a little bit of – a few wins in a row and now you play New Zealand who was second and you nearly beat them. And they had 23 turnovers uh, in that as well. So, you know, they gave them every chance <laughs> – to, they almost lost it by default. We talk cricket and it's the extras that kill you. We talk basketball it's the turnovers. And by doing that, you're giving your opposition a chance to score, which, is, which isn't great. A couple of big games this weekend too. They play the Jack Jumpers in Tassie and then fly to Perth to play the Wildcats. So maybe not season defining, but again, if they can maybe grab one of those two, that will certainly keep them in the top six. Yeah, interesting. But massive crowds. Nine, over 9,000 at their last three games. It's just great atmosphere in there as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's been, been unbelievable, the Sixers, and they're going along very, very smoothly indeed. Hey, Chad, thanks for coming in on a Monday. No worries, Bonds. Always a pleasure. You'll be back on uh, Friday joining us as well. And uh, calling the Big Bash with you tomorrow night. I'm yeah, excited about fun. that. I'm excited about that too. Looking forward to doing that. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for all your texts. And uh, don't forget, you can call in as well. Tomorrow night, one 736 This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA. We've been keeping the chair warm for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight. See you tomorrow. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.